Welcome to Winning Slowly, taking the long view on technology, religion, ethics, and art. I'm Chris Kreitcho. And I'm Stephen Caradini. Today we're going to talk about Dan Price and his company, Gravity Payments. Now, you may have heard of him from a New York Times article. He was also briefly trending on Facebook, um, perhaps on Twitter as well, but I wasn't on Twitter uh, this morning when he was trending on Facebook. And what did Dan Price do? Well, the very innocuously named Mr. Price, who is probably impossible <laughs> to Google after this is over, decided that he was going to trust research and pay his employees more. It's a little more complicated. It's a little more complicated than that. But he decided that the basic minimum wage at his company would be $70,000 a year. Which is kind of a lot. Which is kind of a lot. Yeah. Uh, based on an article that he read looking at how much money people need to be happy in relation to the money they're getting. So this article said at $70,000, the increase in happiness that comes from having more money doesn't change. So if you have sixty dollars to $70,000, you increase in happiness because you're more stable. But if you go from seventy dollars to eighty, dollars it's a less valuable change. So it's, it's not as uh, – it doesn't make a big difference. But $70,000 does. Yeah. And we should say right off, when we come at the issue of money bringing happiness, we're, we're going to bring to it a – Christian perspective that says that if you are trying to find ultimate happiness in your money, you're going to be, well, sad in the end, not happy. But this article and others that have gone along with it and done similar research are basically saying, what is the level in current American society that you need that money isn't an active stressor in your life? Not how do you satisfy your every whim, but how do you, what's the amount you need to make that you can pay your bills and have food and be able to save some for your future and retirement and not just be consumed with trying to stay ahead of all of those things, which mount up rapidly. Right. That's what's even, at issue here. And even do something fun for yourself every yeah. once in a while. Like, Go on a vacation is, or have... Right, right. Right. Things that we would say are actually part of human flourishing, things that are part mm -hmm. of human well-being and that we think in a just and well-ordered society would... Be the kinds of things that every person would have. Right. Again, we're not talking final eschatological outcomes here. We're just talking, here's basically what the numbers are. If you make about 70K a year in the U.S., you've got those boxes checked off. So this guy read this article and he said, hmm, well, my salary is about a million dollars a year. And the average salary in my company right now is $48,000 a year, which... If you think about how the averages work, that means that quite a few people were making quite a bit less than $48,000 a year because that $1 is pulling up pretty hard. And he looked at this and he thought, why don't I do something that will be good for my employees and good for my business? And he dropped his salary to $70,000 a year and raised everybody else's to that, at least. No, it doesn't say if other people had salaries above that etc. I don't think he cut other people's salaries other than his own. He just said a million dollars splits into 70,000 an awful lot of times. I can be happy on 70k and it'll make my employees lives way better. So let's do this. And he did. And a lot of people's salaries in the company more than doubled. Basically our first 
our first approximation of a winning slowly answer on this is good job dan price yes <laughs> you're in our hall of fame you're the winning slowliest <laughs> What's even more amazing with this is that from the New York Times article, it says that uh, to do this, he took his own salary down, but he also used 75 to 80 percent of the company's anticipated $2.2 million in profit to do this. And the paychecks of 70 employees will grow with 30 ultimately doubling their salaries. So imagine walking into work one day and your boss saying, hey, I'm going to double your salary starting today. How amazing would that feel? Like, just imagine if that actually happened to you, regardless of how much money you make. Like, if that happened to you right now, that's what happened to all these people. These 30 people in this company, they all just had that happen on a random maybe Monday or Tuesday, which is amazing. It's huge. And for a lot of those people, if you think about what it takes for your salary to double to hit $70,000, that means they're living in the $35,000 range, which is survivable but uh especially in the current state of the american economy that can be pretty rough especially Especially if you have a kid or two kids or yeah you know if you have health issues or there's a lot of things that can make thirty five thousand dollars very tenuous yeah so from a purely human flourishing perspective this is an amazing move that helps out these 30 people and these 70 people to an incredible degree. It's just a yeah. remarkable good use of finances. And from our point of view, we look at this and say, this is exactly the kinds of things that we want to see businesses in general. It's easier when you're a small business, but even large businesses doing, saying maybe we can cut our take-home profits at the end of the day a little bit to give our employees a better life a better mm -hmm. opportunity to flourish as human beings maybe mm -hmm. we can put a little less in the ceo's pockets and i think it's especially moving to see something like this in the context of a lot of discussion about the ways that quote unquote the rich have been getting richer and the poor relatively poorer in america and all of the dialogue that we've been having nationally about that over the past five six years now it's especially encouraging to be seeing someone who says at his own level, look, I, I can't change the, the status of that in the whole country, but you bet I can change it in my company right here. Yeah, and that's remarkable. And part of the reason that we have government is because not everybody is Dan Price. <laughs> that is that's true. That's literally the reason we have government is that people don't do this. And so there are a lot of companies that don't think this way. I would tend to say most companies don't think this way. In fact, we can say all but one company doesn't <laughs> think in this particular way at this point. You know, there are, there are other companies that are very generous with their employees as a starting point. You know, Apple and Costco are both uh, traditionally noted as companies that are very generous with even their base level workers. So I'm not slamming indiscriminately business over here. Um, but I am saying that this is the sort of thing that we don't think about very often. This company is is cutting its profits, which is the ostensible end of the way that modern capitalism works, right. is make more profit. They're cutting that so that they can have happier employees and potentially in the future make even more profit. Well, and one of the things that highlights is that we have sometimes forgotten what the point of all this capital gain is. 
it's not uh, making money is great but what is the point of making money at least in theory it's to improve human lives it's to increase human flourishing it's not a particularly valuable goal on its own just to increase the number of dollars in the world or pesos or yen or whatever you know point being just increasing the amount of profit generated doesn't particularly make human lives better and that's our fundamental concern when it comes to businesses and things like that so what he's doing here is saying the reason for this company's existence needs to be something more than merely increasing that bottom line it needs to be about human flourishing at least in part and i mean that's just fantastic yeah dan price said uh that part of the reason he did this in paying wages make it makes it possible for his employees to go after the american dream buy a house pay for mm -hmm. their children's education like he's referencing I chose to not do profits this year or next year or whenever it's going to, you know, turn out so that I could be good to my people. Uh, and that's, that's – we can't say that enough. Like it probably sounds bizarre, but that's, <laughs> that's what we're saying here is that Dan Price decided that people were more important than profits in his company in this year – and maybe not forever, you know, they're going to make more profit. They're probably going to have a ton more business now. So, <laughs> you know, they're getting covered everywhere. But to foreclose this into just a ploy to make more profits in the future is wrong. Right. It, just, it fails even to take him at his word. Right. Right. And so we're not saying that he's not also trying to make profit because it's clear that this company is going to continue and they're going to keep trying to do what companies do, which is make profits. Um, particularly, you know, if you're not a nonprofit organization, like that's literally the distinction between the two. Like you're either <laughs> trying to make profits or you're not. Like, And whether or not that's how we would like to see companies be, uh, you know, categorized, given that there are corporate – or not corporate, but um, – public good corporations and things of this nature mm -hmm. um, that have different structures. Um, and so there are other ways that people are thinking about profits and, and corporate things. And so there's definitely more people who are thinking about this. So Dan Price hopefully is not alone and hopefully he empowers more people who were already thinking about this to, you know, do things, be public, or it encourages the media to pick up on some of those things that other people are doing uh, and start to put the focus on people who are doing the good work of impacting people's lives and using uh, money that comes in via, via corporations or via companies for ends that relate to people. Right. I'm reminded of the... <laughs> The Old Testament law in both, I think, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, which says, hey, if you're a landowner, don't strip your land bare. Leave some for the poor people who are coming behind. This isn't exactly the same as that, but, but there's a certain amount of analogy there uh, of taking the excess that you have that you could, in theory, just siphon off into your own pocket, but taking it and using it for those who are less well off than you. It's, it's beautiful in... Uh, I, mean, I just can't even think of another word for it. It's a beautiful thing for Dan Price to have done. Now, mm -hmm. we should note, as you said, other companies give good starting points. And also, if you're 
as you said, a, a Costco even, that's doing pretty well by its employees, you probably can't be a profitable company and therefore can't continue to exist while giving everyone a $70,000 a year salary. It's just, you can't do it. And so this is a particular situation in which he was able to have a profitable company and his own good salary and make this particular call. We don't think that mandating that everyone in the country get a $70,000 salary would necessarily work out so well. Because... And in many cases, it would be impossible. Yeah, like there absolutely. There wouldn't be companies left. I mean, we're, we're not looking here for any sort of government regulation. We're not talking about $15 an hour minimum wage, which we could talk about in some other episode, which would be a really interesting thing to talk about. But in this situation and in this particular episode, we're really just marveling at the fact that somebody said, hey, <laughs> why don't I do this? This would be awesome. Right. Very much personal forward motion. And we've alluded to the issue of the interplay between personal and I don't want to use the word corporate here because it, it has company kinds of overtones. But, uh, professional. Professional. No, I'm meaning individual versus communal, really. Responsibility and the way systemic responsibility and the way those things play back and forth. And those things are certainly at issue. You know, but in this particular case, here's one guy making a difference in his his business and his community and what that looks like. Yeah. And we would love to see more people just do this. Again, if if people just did this without, you know, being forced to by government or by, you know, public shaming or any sort of ways that we get people to do things that we think are good for society. If people just decided one morning, hey, this would be awesome. Let's let's do this, then uh, things would be a lot nicer in the world, I think, um, <laughs> if we were all more generous. Like, is this really boils down to generosity. Right. And yes, there are companies that have great corporate giving plans and that, you know, fund big museums and art galleries. And we've talked about those before. And that's a very particular type of good that we support um, and we appreciate and we do not take for granted. But that's a very different thing than looking at your own company and saying, I'm going to take care of these people. And with that, one of the things that is notable is, again, looking at the reasons this is difficult and rare, you can't hire a CEO for $70,000. As the CEO, you can make this move. But CEOs have in-demand skills and markets function the way they do, and that's a good thing. And so you're demonstrating value as a signal when you say, you know, our, our CEO or our CFO are going to make more money than the person answering calls on the floor. But as a leadership team, once you're already in position, you can make that call. And that's an interesting distinction because when you're trying to hire someone, you're playing in the market. When you're in the position already, you're not. But one thing you might be able to do, if you're Dan Price or his company, is say, look, this is the kind of company we're trying to build. Are you willing to come work here for less money than you might make somewhere else, but in a culture that actually honors the human dignity of all the people working here, that says all of these people are worth being able to be financially secure insofar as we can do that? Because mm -hmm. one of the things Price now has the opportunity to do, and Obviously, I have no idea what this will shake out as, is 
be an example, be an exemplar of that kind of culture building within a company, which we've talked about before. You want to build a company that says we're going to treat all our employees with enormous dignity, even the ones who other companies might say, eh, that person's worth 30K barely and we can replace them at the drop of a hat, you know, a call center or mm -hmm. people like that. If, if instead we see those people as valuable and if we recognize that vocation in general is valuable, even the kinds of vocations that are not generally prized by our culture, it would lead us as business owners, as leaders within an industry to make the kinds of decisions that demonstrate that in our own finances and in the finances of our companies. And we would love to see more of that. Yeah. And we don't know what it's like otherwise at Right. At gravity <laughs> other than this move. So there could be any number of things, good or bad, go on. So if some terrible thing happens and everybody's like, oh, well, then we'll be right there saying, oh, because oh. we don't know. And doing one good thing doesn't mean that you do infinite number of good things afterwards. Like that's <laughs> not the way it works. So we're we're saying in a very limited way, great job on this thing. Great job. Keep doing great, awesome things. But yeah, it's that's that's another sort of thing that we should avoid is to immediately imagine that like that company must be perfect. It must be a model in every way. Um, and that's hopefully, hopefully so. I would love it to be so, but maybe not. We don't know. And so, you know, that's that's something that we have to watch out for as well is that when we do find these uh, really good examples of generosity and forward thinking and care uh, that we we celebrate what there is to celebrate, but that we don't go overboard and put too much on what we don't know. Right. So it is a very common and very human tendency to turn admiration into hagiography. That is to take saying this is a good thing or that was a good leader and then turning that into reverence that will brook no criticism. And we don't want to do that with the leaders we admire or the projects we admire. True. And as we also said, there are other people who are doing this sort of thing. This is not um, an isolated sort of event. There are things from a government protest development standpoint, um, from policy development standpoints. Um, even McDonald's is attempting in their fumbling sort of way <laughs> to to address some of these issues. So there are things related to this going on. Rolling Jubilee is an organization that is rolling back debt by buying up uh, low-value debt and erasing it. Um, so there are lots of organizations, political, non-political, governmental, non-governmental, individual, systemic. There's lots of this stuff going on. And so we're not saying that like, what? why hasn't anybody been doing this? Because <laughs> More like, hooray, whenever anybody does this. Right. And so we are celebrating what there is to celebrate and not ignoring that many people um, may have influenced Dan Price along the way in ways that we don't, we don't know. So yeah, one of the things that you're mentioning of the rolling jubilee brings to mind in this big picture is that it would be easy for us to look around and say, well, that's great. Dan Price was making a million dollars a year. He can afford to give his salary to so that. I'm not making a million dollars a year. What in the world could I do that would make a difference like this? I don't own a small business. I don't, etc. And of course, if you do own a small business and you have employees, we would say, 
pay them as well as you can honor their human dignity in that way but most of us don't most of us aren't in that boat many of us are in mm-hmm. the wow i wish someone would raise my salary to seventy thousand a year boat yeah. instead yeah but rolling jubilee is a great example of people pooling money together and saying okay here are debts that we can eliminate just just make them go away and that don't have to be a massive donor taking care of it a lot of people can collaborate and cooperate to make things happen that those individuals on their own couldn't and so you can say look massive student debt because of the dramatic increase in the cost of tuition over the last several decades is a problem and it really stifles people's ability to flourish can we get rid of that well yeah we can so let's Mm -hmm. and doing collective action that way can in in much the same way that crowdsourcing something for an arts project can enable artists to do things that they couldn't otherwise do we can make a difference in some of the systemic injustices as a bunch of individuals acting collectively now as we've often noted sometimes individual action doesn't work and yes sometimes you have to get the government involved but one of the things we like in these projects is people saying whether or not the government should be involved the government isn't presently involved in this let's do everything we can to fix it in the meanwhile yeah and in a lot of ways that really empowers the public and the general population to take a stake in these issues again and those kinds of private endeavors can be really good because they remind us that as we talked about back in season one not all solutions are political and in fact sometimes political solutions are the worst solutions and we want to engage people publicly not always yeah but sometimes and i think in the meanwhile is the best way to think about it in that often there has to be a larger movement that makes a a big bang right uh, or a a big picture a big event something comes along and there's a watershed moment these sorts of of turning points are important but in the meanwhile is where most of us live our lives yeah and so working in small ways individually whether that's doing individual actions outside of governmental organizations or whether that's working to affect that change in governmental ways in the meanwhile is an incredibly important sort of way that we work and that we live and so i think that's you know what dan price is doing is doing the right thing in the meanwhile of the ongoing questions about economic um, inequality and minimum wage and all of that as as christians i think we especially have to be aware that we consider ourselves expressly to be people living in the meanwhile we live between the time when Jesus went away and when he comes back, as it were. And that's mm-hmm. that's something that should more thoroughly inform the way we think. We want to be able to say, no, we don't think this is all going to get sorted out by just us, ever. But that doesn't mean we can't seek good along the way. That That doesn't mean that we can't seek to love mercy and do justice for our fellow citizens along the way mm-hmm. in the big things and the small things. And we want to find those ways to live well in the meanwhile and to seek human flourishing in the meanwhile whatever that looks like yeah and if you're making 30k a year or you're making 13k a year or you're making 3 million a year there are things you can do and things i can do mm-hmm. and things we all can do that will make a difference in these ways and so continuing to be willing to think creatively about them to 
think about non-political solutions as well as to think about the consequences of political solutions and think through to good political solutions rather than Mm -hmm. simply a political solution. Because that's another thing to remember is that even if we think that the right outcome here should be political, we always need to ask how and in what way and and then what of those policies that we implement so that we don't cause harm. And to take that one step back toward the private, when we do pursue policies like this at a personal level, we need to ask that there as well, not as an excuse not to do them, but rather to think, how do we do these things in a way that don't cause further problems in a system? How can we do them in a way that builds up instead of tearing down? And to point to a big picture issue where that's been a problem, massive aid to developing world countries, we now know, can actually cause problems, whether that's delivered by non-governmental organizations or by governments. And so smart people have spent a lot of time over the last few years thinking about better ways to deliver aid to the developing world that enables the local people rather than making them dependent on us and continuing to feed our sort of uh, white man's burden do-gooder mentality. And we need to be aware of those things. And the, the book on this is When Helping Hurts. Yeah, that's the book. We'll link it in the show notes. But before we get all downer again, we'd like to remember, Dan Price, you're awesome. It's and true. And you're in the winning slowly Hall, Hall of, of Fame. Fame. Winning slowliest Dan I think, Price. I think he's the only one so far. He's the only one. We'll we'll keep updating as we find people <laughs> who deserve to be in the winning slowly Hall of Fame. So inaugural candidate 2015, Dan, Dan Price. Price. Before you go, we thought we would direct your attention to a wonderful video that we will link in the show notes. It's on YouTube. <laughs> we talked earlier this year about Elon Musk and SpaceX and Tesla, and we referenced how SpaceX keeps trying to recover rockets instead of just crashing them in the ocean, tries to land them on pads. Also a winning slowly move. True that. And, well, they almost landed this one. (laughs) It got onto the pad, but it landed a little bit hard. It it fell over. (laughs) And then it exploded. And and then it exploded. So as you'll see in the video, it comes down and it, it, it slows It releases its little feet, it lands, and you're like, wow, that's awesome. And then it starts to tip. You're like, (laughs) like, oh, no, oh, no, no. no." (laughs) And then (laughs) it completely explodes (laughs) in Michael Bay fashion. (laughs) Like, it looks like a joke how much it explodes. It is, after all, a rocket. (laughs) and, And so... A, it's a really funny video. B, there's some really interesting technical discussion in the comments, which is probably the only time YouTube comments have ever been better <laughs> than, uh, you know, flaming garbage. And the, the third thing is that this is actually a really great step forward. And, yeah. you know, SpaceX continues to do really good work and really try to develop this this program and so even though this is a really comic outcome for this particular (laughs) uh rocket it's actually a really great step forward the music you heard today we used by permission please don't reuse it without their permission you can find a link to it in the show notes which are available at winningslowly.org you can subscribe to us in itunes or your favorite podcast app and if you like the show and want others to know about it please give us a rating in itunes 
You can follow us on Twitter or app.net at at winningslowly, and you can follow me either of those places at at Chris Kreitcho. And you can follow me at at Scaradini. We'll have it linked in the show notes. Until next time, thanks for listening. I think the before you go should be that SpaceX draws ever closer to actually landing a rocket on a <laughs> on a floating on a pad. Ship, yep, which is amazing. Totally agree. And and the fact that it explodes at the end is kind of <laughs> like sad, but also but kind also of awesome. awesome. <laughs> like it's, I know that's not like the intended response, <laughs> but it seems like a but really celebratory so gesture. <laughs> okay, guys, we, we almost did it. Did it. Bravo. <laughs> They've actually got it programmed in to do that, and uh, even when they actually successfully land, it'll blow up the entire landing pad, too. Just for the heck of it. Just for giggles.